0: Welcome to the Beautifully Balanced podcast. I'm Samantha Dinnage. Join me to explore holistic approaches to support your well-being in today's hectic world. Through each episode, my intention is to empower you to live your life with less stress and more joy and relaxation. I understand we are all unique and I invite you to take what resonates with you on your journey to feeling more vibrant from the inside out. My dream is to create a radiant ripple effect from each of us out into the world. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me. Now let's dive in. After delivering my Ukraine fundraising workshop, five-way well-being tools to help you to reduce anxiety so that you can feel calmer, sleep better, and feel brighter a couple of weeks ago, and then having an experience of feeling unsafe on holiday last week, I felt called to create this episode and reflect more on what was actually going on. Last week I visited Marrakesh in Morocco. I'd heard mixed stories of some people loving it and some people hating it. I went feeling optimistic that I would love it, but on our first visit into the centre, I started to feel on edge. On the 20-minute shuttle bus journey in, my husband kept pointing out that he couldn't see many tourists about. I'd heard of people forcing monkeys upon tourists and expecting money and henna tattoos being forcefully applied and charged for. I'd heard that the markets were busy and overwhelming. On the other hand, I'd heard some great stories about the markets being amazing and colourful, full of magic and local culture. So I wasn't really quite sure what to expect. I thought getting off the bus that I was slightly apprehensive, but you know, not too bad. And as we entered the main square and people were soon approaching, coming up to us saying about the number one restaurant, come and have some food. Henna tattooists were in sight and the noise and busyness started to feel overwhelming. When I tuned into my body, I realised that my muscles were tense, my breath was shallow and in fact, I was rather on edge. I was in a hyper aroused state, the fight or flight response of the nervous system. Part of me really did just want to flight and run away and get out of there. But I knew I could have some control over this response and tried to move slowly and breathe slowly and more deeply. This fight or flight response, a branch of the sympathetic nervous system, is similar to when a caveman is out in the wild, hunting for food. He's on high alert, looking out for any dangers that might occur. And if he sees a tiger, he might decide to fight it or run away frequently these dangers are thoughts in our minds our fears those worst case scenarios and these things often never come true do they but quite literally worry us sick I'd experienced this sense of unease many times before in foreign countries such as Malaysia and Bali where things are so different and in the past I have led my experience from a place of fear a fear that something terrible is going to happen, that I'm going to get mugged, that I'll get attacked or get kidnapped. I've learned in the past that I need to move my spotlight from looking out for every possible bad thing that could happen and instead shine my mental spotlight on all of the kind and wonderful delights, places and people that are there in the moment. In Marrakesh, I had to remind myself that most people are just going about their day and that generally I am safe. There were families and small groups of friends smiling and talking as they enjoyed their Saturday evening in the city. It was my own thoughts and reactions that was making me feel on edge. My husband was there in exactly the same environment and he was feeling pretty fine. He doesn't usually get as triggered or overwhelmed in the hustle and bustle. So as we continued our evening in Marrakesh, we went into one of the many side streets. I think there's about 460 in total in the old town, so you could easily get lost. And there's so many local souks or these little shops where, and much to my surprise, it was much calmer. Some sellers did try and get our attention, but if it wasn't um, something we were interested, we learned to say hello, smile, carry on walking it wasn't as intimidating as I had imagined. We found a local roof terrace restaurant. We ordered some food and the waiter kindly told us that it was too much food for two people and that we really didn't need the skewers, which was going to be a meal in itself. And I really, really appreciated his honesty. We watched from above as a man turned up with some herbs on the street below to sell and a breadstool was popular with families. I realised that I needed to take this step back and gain some perspective. I was starting to feel calmer and we went for another stroll and to a bar for a drink. Traditional mint tea, delicious. However, we started to walk back through the bustling square And it was dark at this point. I'm not a massive fan of the dark. And there were musical instruments being played, people cheering. There was so much going on. My senses were on overdrive. And then I saw a man walking towards me with a monkey. I literally thought, oh no. I didn't like the thought of this monkey being placed on me without my permission. Let alone the poor animal welfare that I didn't want to be supporting. I ran away in a panic, my husband just laughing at me. I was back on high alert. I was super tense, breathing quickly, feeling unsafe. I just wanted to get out of there. Looking back in reality, if the monkey had landed on me, yes, my boundaries would have been broken. Not great, but it wasn't a life or death situation. But in my mind and my body in that moment... I just felt unsafe and wanted to be removed from it. So what was going on here on a physiological level? I could feel my muscles tensing, my heart rate quickening. I felt threatened, whether there was a real threat or not. And I had a boost of adrenaline to be alert. And this would give me the ability to sharply exit the situation. These are all part of the fight or the flight response. And this response often happens when we experience dis-ease, stress and anxiety. And the mind always wants to keep us safe. So I can't blame it for often focusing on what might go wrong. But it wasn't in proportion to the reality around me. I knew that by slowing down my breath and movement and taking some time to rest and recenter and feel more settled, like going to the restaurant for our meal, that I could come out of the fight or flight response and into the relaxation, rest and digest response. And this rest and digest is the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system. So, The fight or flight is your sympathetic. The rest in digest is the parasympathetic. So we can switch between one and the other. And so the parasympathetic branch is where the heart rate slows down. Food and thoughts can actually be digested. We breathe more deeply and the body and mind can use our natural capacity to heal. And like a caveman out hunting, we need to be alert some of the time if our safety might be compromised, such as crossing a busy road. But then we need to learn to switch off and rest like the caveman would rest for quite some time after a hunt. I've spoken about this many times before that in today's world we often feel unsafe due to the thoughts those imaginary tigers in our minds, and we live in such a past, fast-paced environment often feeling we have a lack of time and finding real rest and relaxation and switching off can be such a challenge. Many of us spend more time than we realise in the fight or flight response and many GP visits and ailments are ultimately rooted in stress. Stress is when we experience dis-ease and if we put the words dis-ease together they form disease I'm sure by no coincidence. There is a third physiological response in addition to the fight or flight and rest and digest. And this is known as the freeze response. And this is where we shut down. We become numb and heavy. It's known as a hypo state. I knew my speech problems in the past were stress and trauma related. And perhaps I shut down and stopped speaking as I was in the freeze response. Whichever response we are in, I believe that ultimately we need to feel safe. And past stories, events, ways of living and coping mechanisms can lead to the nervous system responding in different ways. We are all so unique. I used to be a business studies teacher and you may be familiar with the workplace motivational model, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And at the base of this hierarchy, is to have our basic needs met. We can't move up until these are ticked off. Our basic needs include food, water, warmth, rest, security and safety. Similarly, if we look at the eastern chakra system, those seven key energy centres, the first chakra, the root chakra, muladhara, is all about survival, safety, comfort, stability and grounding. In both systems, if we don't have these basic things now, or perhaps we didn't feel that we had them in the past, then we can operate from a sense of lack, from fear or survival and it then becomes harder to focus on what we enjoy, to be open and share our truth and to support us to create the best version of ourselves. There's some great content out there about how our past experiences can shape our realities now and the impact that it has on the nervous system. And one of my favourites on Instagram is at the.holistic.psychologist. And that's Dr. Nicole Lepera, who teaches people to heal and consciously create a new version of themselves. Another great Insta account is at James. So here are my five tips to help you to feel calmer and safer which I also shared and we practiced together in my Ukraine fundraising workshop. Tip number one, utilize the breath. When we are stressed we breathe shallowly up in the chest and when we are calm we tend to breathe more deeply but when we live in a stressed state most of the time we can form a habit of breathing shallowly. And it's like a vicious circle. When we are breathing shallowly in the chest, we are sending signals to the body and the mind that we are stressed. Therefore, by consciously adjusting our breath to breathe deeply down into the stomach, it sends signals to the body and the mind that all is well and we can relax and we can then activate the rest and digest function. If you want to take this a step further, you could extend the relaxing exhale, making the exhale longer than your inhale. You might also like to develop some breath practices such as moon breathing by inhaling through the left nostril and exhaling through the right. Continuing this as you breathe in through the left nostril and breathe out through the right. So whether that's physically by opening and closing the nostrils or simply by directing your thoughts and setting the attention and focusing your mind on the left nostril as you breathe in and the right nostril as you breathe out, it can have a similar effect. It's amazing the difference even three deep breaths can have on how you feel in any given moment. And what's amazing is that the breath as a tool is always with you. So you can use it anytime, anywhere. There's a lot of research out there also about the vagus nerve, which can be activated through the breath to help activate this rest and digest response too. So that's something that you might want to have a look into, and I'm sure I'll do an episode on it at some point, or get a guest on who is an expert in that area. And if you want to find out a bit more about the breath, then I suggest that you go to episode 10, The Beautiful Breath. So tip number two is to create space between you and your thoughts. When we can create space between us and our thoughts and observe them, we realise that our thoughts are just thoughts. They are not facts or necessarily reality. We realise that we can gain some control over our thoughts For example, if you pause for a moment and focus your mind on your breathing and perhaps the sensation of the air flowing in and out of the nose. And as you do this, thoughts will naturally come to mind. But when you notice those thoughts arise, that is awareness in itself. And in that small space, before you can either get lost in your thoughts or you can choose to return to focus on your breathing. There is a choice. Becoming aware of when the mind wanders off and some self inquiry about where it wanders off to can be insightful. We can also create some space and perspective between us and our thoughts. When we write them down on paper, Sometimes I call this a mind dump. In my Ukraine workshop, people commented how it helped to give them more clarity. That it was good to get their thoughts onto paper rather than swirling in their heads. It helped to give some perspective and that any concerns didn't feel as big. And for some, it also unearthed something that had been bothering them but they were ignoring. By seeing the thoughts on paper, we can make more rational choices about whether we need to try some action, whether that be perfect or imperfect, taking some action and seeing what happens. And if we need to just let go of it. I know this can be easier said than done, but having this awareness and starting to see what is in our minds can be such a helpful first step. If you'd like to dive a bit deeper into a pen and paper practice, do check out episode 11, Out of Mind, On to Paper. So tip number three is a body scan. So this is something a bit more physical that we can do with our bodies. And this is where we take the body areas one by one. So it might be the toes, the feet, um, the legs, it might be the stomach, the shoulders, the chest, maybe the lower back, the upper back, the face, the arms, the hands. So gradually, one by one, we tense them. So that might be making fists with your hands, tensing up the hands, the arms. And then as you breathe out, letting that release and let go. And notice the difference between the muscles being tense, the body being tense, and it then relaxing and letting go. So by practicing this, it really helps us to notice the difference between these two states of being tense and feeling more relaxed so that we can consciously relax any tight areas in the body throughout the day. And we know from the nervous system that when the muscles are tense, we are primed to fight or flight. Whereas when they are relaxed, the body and mind knows it's okay to rest and heal and it feels safe. So it's a wonderful practice to do that only takes, you know, two, three, five minutes, whatever you've got, even if it's 30 seconds to tense the whole body and then let it relax. So it's wonderful to do when you're lying down, maybe in the morning, if you've woken up and you've got lots of thoughts, maybe you want to settle down and go to sleep, but your mind is racing. So it's great to come down out of the mind, into the body, and just gradually let everything begin to soften, melt, and relax. So tip number four is yoga. Yoga poses are a great way to practice regulating the nervous system, as some of them will create some activation, such as sun salutations, and others will be very nourishing and relaxing, such as popular child's pose. In a class, we may feel slightly out of our comfort zones in a pose and then comfortable in another. By gaining this experience in a calm and supported manner, the body and mind learn to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, building our resilience to change and new experiences, along with moving the nervous system between states so that our nervous system learns that if we experience some stress that it can then adapt into a relaxed state much quicker rather than staying activated because this chronic activation long-term is what causes so many common ailments and diseases. Certain poses activate the parasympathetic nervous system, the fight, the um, rest and digest, and others, the sympathetic, the fight or flight. And as you move through a well-rounded class, you can practice switching between the two, exactly what is needed in day-to-day living to spend more time feeling calmer and safe. Tip number five is yoga nidra. I just love, love, love this. And I've had so much great feedback from people. I believe we need to value rest a lot more in today's Western societies. And just 20 minutes of yoga nidra can offer you the opportunity to gain some deep relaxation. If you haven't caught my full episode titled, The Best Kept Secret to Deep Relaxation, yoga nidra involves lying down comfortably and gently listening along to a spoken script. A script that is carefully crafted to take you through a range of layers and brave Wayne states to elicit a response that is the same as when we are in deep sleep. And during yoga nidra, whilst the mind is gently awake, the body is deeply resting. And a regular practice of yoga nidra is great to reduce stress, improve sleep, reduce muscle tension and pain, lower heart rate, and boost healing. Doesn't that all sound fantastic? You can find many examples online, or I regularly offer yoga nidra in my well-being workshops. So when we feel safe and the nervous system is in rest and digest, our body and mind have the chance to function fully. After all, the body is an incredible machine that does its best to keep us healthy. Just think of when we get a cut and how it naturally heals itself. When we are in this calm state, instead of being on alert for dangers, we can switch off and sleep can improve. We can move about our day with more ease and joy because we're not concerned with all of the dangers. We can see and notice how opportunities arise. We can make choices that are more aligned with who we truly are and what we love rather than choices out of fear or people pleasing. All of these five suggestions help the nervous system to regulate and support us to spend more time in a relaxed state, one of more vitality. Doesn't that sound good? Have you tried any of the five methods before? I've mentioned conscious breathing, creating space between you and your thoughts, the body scan tensing and relaxing areas of the body, moving through a range of yoga poses and something that has helped me out time and time again while I feel I can't sleep or need a restful break, yoga nidra. Which one appeals to you the most? And which one are you most uncomfortable or fearful of? Notice, create awareness and perhaps pop some of that fear aside and give it a try. So let me know your thoughts, any key takeaways that you have from this episode. I always love to hear from my community of listeners. And if this was your first episode that you've listened to, welcome to the Beautifully Balanced podcast. So have a wonderful rest of your day or evening, and I'll be back with the next episode out every other Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Beautifully Balanced podcast. Please press subscribe to be notified when the next episode is out every other Wednesday. Do follow me on Facebook and Instagram at beautifullybalanced.online.